All righty. Welcome back from the episode of Two Plain Sports. As promised, we are back on our regular scheduled uh, programming. Uh, we are making a return to the Who Dat series. It's been a long time. It might have been close to two months now since the last time we uh, recorded one of these. Uh, we just had so much in the way of recruiting going on. And finally, uh, it seems like recruiting is going to start slowing down on the day-to-day as far as the visits and whatnot. But that doesn't mean the um, the recruits are going to start slowing down. I think the recruit recruiting commits are going to start firing up. Uh, so we'll be sure to be talking about that as they come in. But for right now, we're going to do a hoot at this one's going to be over Cavante Henry. And then we're also going to do a little baseball preview. We're actually going to do that first. Um, I know, I know this is mainly an OU football uh, podcast, but this will be just something quick. We got to talk about OU baseball knocking on the door of playing in the national championship series. So we're going to do that. So this one will be on a little bit of the shorter side. Uh, but before we get into it, just want to say we really appreciate it. Uh, we're, we're knocking on the door of 4,400 subscribers. Help us get us there. We're like 50, 50 subscribers away. Uh, just hit the button if you're here, if you come here often. Uh, a, lot, a lot of you guys are returning viewers that aren't subscribed. So just help us out. Hit the subscribe button. Board the two planes. Turn on that notification bell. As you've seen earlier this week, we dropped the ball and then upload a video on Monday. But you would have been notified that we uploaded one yesterday. Um, so be sure to do that. Like the video, comment on the video, stick around for Brandon's in a video challenge, and then comment throughout the video and let us know what you think about Henry or OU baseball or anything OU related. Um, and be sure to find us on Apple and Spotify. And if you're listening on there right now, just help us out and leave us a review. That helps the algorithm, pushes that uh, that podcast throughout, and we get more uh, like-minded people or even people that don't care for OU. So, all right. So first, we're going to talk a little bit about OU baseball. It won't be overly in-depth or too long because we're not claiming to be OU baseball experts, but we definitely watch quite a few of these games. Um, you know, for anyone that hasn't been following, OU is in the, they're 2-0 and in Omaha. They're one win away from playing in the national championship. And it has been decided now earlier uh, the day we're recording this, which is Tuesday, that Texas A&M will be the opponent. I figured that was that was what's going to happen. AM is a number five seed for a reason. They took care of Notre Dame with ease. It wasn't very close. They took care of Texas. It wasn't very close. So now they're going to play OU tomorrow or well today, as you're watching this at 1 PM central, be sure to be watching that game. Um, but Texas A&M, they, they, they make me a little bit nervous, but here's the deal. OU gave, you know, took care of them early in the game and let them back into the game a little bit towards the end, but the box score is a little misleading. Um, OU just, just put it on them early. And I think that's the key for today's matchup. Um, Brandon, you want to talk more about the matchup and some things that you're watching for, and I'll, I'll let you know what I think as well. No, I think you're right. I think the guys who are hot need to stay hot. Um, Tanner Trotaway and Peyton Graham right now look like they're swinging out a beach ball uh, with the way they're putting the ball in play and just and putting it in good spots, uh, driving in runs, getting on base, reaching. And not only that, Peyton Graham is one of the best stealers in the country. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the best base stealers in the country. As a team, we're one of the best base stealing teams in the country. So, yeah, I agree. It all starts offensively for the Sooners, keep passing the baton, um, swiping bags, just be aggressive as you've been all season. Um, for the matchup, uh, we talked about a little before we started recording. It's it's the most nerve wracking part for me. I think is is David Sandlin gets the ball, who's been pretty good, you know, all season, but came in in relief after Jake Bennett went six innings uh, the first time against A and M, got one out, gave up four runs. Um, you know, if he has if A and M batters are seeing him that well again and teeing off at him again, and we find ourselves 
behind five or six zero instead of up five or six zero like we were in game one, um, then you know you're upriver uh, without a paddle. But I think Sandlin will will. I mean, he he can't do worse than that. Uh, you know what I mean? Realistically, like that's giving up four four earned and only getting one out is pretty. Uh, that's a tough go. He kind of got teed off on. So let's hope he gets gets a little more locked in, pitches a little better, and then the offense keeps doing what they've been doing all postseason. Um, the guys who are hot stay hot. Keep stealing bags. Keep putting runs on the board. It's it's it's. I mean, that's all, that's all you got to do, I guess. Yeah, someone I you know you're talking about Sandlin, and I I do agree. I think he's going to do better. And in his defense, you know, I didn't play competitive baseball in high school or anything. But everyone that that knows baseball and talks about baseball, they always say coming out of the bullpen is totally different than starting the game. And I totally understand that your mindset's different. The pressure's different. Uh, he probably came in very. Uh, relaxed. They're in a weird spot where they have some days off. So I know Skip Johnson wanted to get him an inning or, or, you know, get him some pitches to keep him in the game flow and whatnot. But is, you know, it was totally different than what normal, a normal game day is for him. And all, you know, two days off is a big deal, I think, right now, because, you know, for a while there, you know, every, it was like they had a game all the time. They were traveling, they were practicing. Not that they didn't practice the past few days. It's just they've had a little bit of downtime. And, um, I think the key will be is Sandlin needs to be solid for the first couple innings. Don't let AM get out ahead because once AM gets out ahead, it's tough to come back. Um, but like you said, the, the players that have been hot just need to stay hot, um, still need to step up to replace uh, Squires. Um, you know, Peyton Graham needs to play well. Pettis needs to play well. I mean, everyone needs to play well. Robertson. Um, as long as they play the way that they have been playing, you know, over the last 16 games, what are they, 14 and two, I believe, they should be fine. Um, the pitching stays solid. And then uh, Trevor Michael comes in uh, to take care, of the, take care of the game. And I think this extra day off is going to help him. And I hope that it's a comfortable enough lead that uh, he doesn't need to pitch a full two innings. I hope it can be more of like one inning so he can be a little more fresh for the championship series. Um, but my prediction, I think OU wins tomorrow. I think they win tomorrow um, 6-3. I think it's going to be a little bit closer, a little lower scoring. Uh, before we move on, Brandon, what's your prediction for tomorrow's score? Yeah, or, to, we'll or today's seven. score, sorry, today's score. I think we'll put it about 6 or 7-2, um, 6-4, 6-5, something like that. I, I do think it's going to be pretty competitive. Um, it's always interesting in games like this where A&M's kind of been playing a lot more recently, you know, about on the way back into this spot, into the semifinal, whereas OU's had a couple days now to – sit and rest and that can go both ways you never know how that how that's going to work in sports sometimes the rest of the team comes up and they and they they're not playing as well because you know they have been playing they've been sitting um it's always interesting to see how that plays out i think i think we're going to know a lot about where we like how the game goes and and, and where we sit um but after the first two or three innings if it, as it's it, it, to me it's all about the quick start <clears throat> As long as Sandlin can hold it together and not let them get out ahead early um, and let the batters kind of get settled in and maybe go through the the cycle or the batting order once and it's still 0-0-1-0, I like our odds quite a bit. Uh, But in the the scenario where OU does lose, I feel good about Jake Bennett. He's had enough time off. He's going to be fresh uh, for Thursday's game if necessary, but I really would rather not go that way. But if we did have to end up going that way, I still feel confident. It's just tough when you think about AM. They pitched, you know, they played against OU, lost, played Texas, played Notre Dame, going to play Oklahoma, and then you have to play Oklahoma again, uh, the, you know, for Thursday. 
just not a lot of arms and not a lot of time off, um, it really plays in the favor of Oklahoma, obviously. Well, playing a, yeah, playing we're, a game. We're, we're a thousand percent in, in the better spot. But again, I don't want to see a Thursday either because that is a do or die, and that one's going to be pretty darn stressful. Let's just take care of business tomorrow and not worry about it. Yeah, game today, three. Today. Yeah, game three, it's essentially a game seven. So um, anything can happen on Thursday. So hopefully OU takes care of it today. Uh, we'll be tweeting about it and keeping up with it. And I'll definitely be uh, watching the game as much as I can um, while at work. I wish it was at six o'clock, um, not at one o'clock. Of course, we're in the one o'clock slot. Just really sounds unfortunate. It, you know, it, it kind of hits home, honestly. When you really think about it, 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 it hits home with our 11 a.m. kickoffs every other weekend. Give us the garbage time every time. But you know what? If we win in the one o'clock slot and we go play in the championship, I don't really care. It's fine. So, all right. So now um, all you football fans that made it through, that might not be the biggest baseball fans. We appreciate it. See Rico. He's hanging out ready to talk a little bit about Cavante Henry. Uh, so while you guys probably clicked on the video for this, now we're going to get into it. So Cavante uh, Henry, um, someone that has that kind of came on OU's radar late. Um, he's six foot four, 225 pounds, um, according to his 247 profile, but he has now been weighed at, uh, at school at OU at 6'4", 214. So he's a little lighter. Uh, he's from uh, Lawndale, California. In the 2022 class, he was a four-star, number 401 overall, and number 33 edge player in the class. Uh, that's his composite rating. A 247 had him a little higher at 219 overall, and the number 24 edge player in the class. Um, you know, he had, he played a little defensive line, a little running back, um, last year, his senior season, he ended up having, um, 65 total tackles, 26 tackles for loss, 12 and a half sacks as a senior also recovered a fumble and returned it for a touchdown. He also played a little running back 29. Uh, he rushed over 29 times, 243 yards and three touchdowns. So he played a little, a uh, little bit of both ways. Um, he, he's also had offers from, uh, Oklahoma, obviously Arizona, Washington, Florida, Oregon, uh, USC, Michigan, Utah, a bunch of other schools. He had offers from a little backstory on him. So he was committed to Michigan for a long time. And from what I gathered and when I was following his recruitment leading up to the signing day, um, it seemed like Michigan really fell off. They really backed off of him. Sean Nua was his prime recruiter at Michigan. And anyone that knows, uh, you know, what has happened with Lincoln Riley's staff, Nua is now out at USC. Uh, a lot of people would think that Nua, you know, moving from Michigan to USC, he would take that relationship and try to get him to play at USC. For whatever reason, that never uh, materialized. I don't know if there's more to that story. And maybe, uh, Henry was turned off by the fact that, you know, he was being recruited so heavily to Michigan and that was his guy. And then he just decides to leave right before signing day. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, but so he's committed to Michigan a long time. He, um, he, he decided that that wasn't the spot They Michigan backed off. Brent Venables gets hired. Um, his staff starts to get hired to put together and they quickly put together, uh, like a, a pursuit of him. He ended up, uh, visiting OU. He got his offer around the first of the year. He visited OU for the for an official visit on January 14th. And shortly after that, he announced his commitment and signing day on the same day on National Signing Day. And he just enrolled this summer. And so he only visited campus once. That's all it took was one visit, one official visit, uh, a late, you know, 
a late uh, a late recruitment coming together. He went and visited Florida shortly after he visited Oklahoma. Then he visited Arizona, and Florida thought was thought to be a kind of a competitor. They fell off, and it was really OU Arizona for a while there. It kind of sounded like it was going to be Arizona, and you know, staying a little closer to home, but. Ultimately, I think Venables was able to close them out. And this is a perfect example. And a lot of people in this class is a perfect example of Venables and his staff can close. Todd Bates, Miguel uh, Chavis can close when it comes time to do so. And this is a prime example. This kid, while he's like number 400 overall, he had a terrific senior season, played both ways, versatile guy, great uh, frame, uh, someone that has a lot of potential. What do you think? No, the frame and, and, and just the athletic ability uh, is clearly there. And I think he is, is the guy you mentioned the word potential. He has, in my opinion, untapped potential. He's very young. Um, he's going to be a freshman. Uh, he's got you met, the, the fact that he had 26 and a half tackles for loss total, 12 and a half sacks. Um, he's living in the backfield. But not only that, he's he's there. His his high school is primary third down or not third down, but short, like short to go distance running back. I mean, he's it's hard not to with that size and speed that he has. Um, he rushed for eight yards of carry. He also caught a pass. Um, the athletic ability is very much there. Uh, it, it's hard not to like everything he brings to the table um, from an athlete standpoint. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about, I think, his his long-term um, tenure with the Sooners. Um, the immediate future, though, um, and, and I kind of want to get your opinion on this, too, is I just don't see him – right away playing very much this has got to be a red shirt season for him just um and i don't think it's a knock on his ability or his um what he can do on the field it's just he's coming into a very loaded room at that edge rusher spot or even if you try to play linebacker um there's a lot of dogs there uh, i think clayton smith is going to take a big jump that we've because he didn't get, really get to play much last year um I, I i do expect big big things out of clayton smith reggie grimes ethan downs they're all there and they're not going anywhere um they're going to be the guys this year, I think. And then if you if you were to try to go linebacker, you got Kobe McKenzie, Jaron Kanick, Deshaun White's back, uh, Gwegbu. Like it, it's just, I think for the immediate future, it's going to be hard for him to crack that lineup. But um, over the long term, you know, two or three years from now, if, if he's if he's willing to stick it out, um, he can really reap the benefits of playing with a guy like Brent Venables with the skill set that he has. Um, I just think it's he's a project, but I mean. Um, if he comes to fruition, if he sticks it out, uh, he's going to be a pretty, pretty damn good player for a long, for, you know, a couple of years for us. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be seeing the field, um, this, this fall. The only avenue I see that happening for him is would be on special teams. Um, you know, he might be able to play on a punt coverage or a, you know, a kickoff, but again, you know, being a defensive lineman, slash edge player it'll be tough to see something that i really liked um with him is he played you know he would play his with his hand in the dirt or he would stand up off the edge so he has that versatile uh, aspect to his game at least playing at the high school level uh so he can kind of fit that mold and kind of be put in packages because you know as we've talked about on previous shows that brent Venables has tons of packages different formations different looks and he needs guys that can do that, where you put your hand in the ground or you stand up, just depending on what front, what look you're given. Um, I do, I do agree. I think Henry's going to redshirt. I hope he gets a couple games earlier in the year that OU is just, you know, blowing out the opponent like UTEP or something. Uh, get him on the field for a few games this this upcoming fall. Give him a little experience, but 
you know, I could maybe see the argument that he might see a, a few snaps if he would have uh, been an early enrollee, but he had no ability to be an early enrollee because he was still taking visits in January. Um, and he didn't announce his commitment and signing until the national signing day because of the whole scenario with Michigan backing off and, you know, Sean Noah leaving and various other things. So if he would have had the whole spring, spring, um, practice and semester and spring ball, and maybe the whole conditioning with, with Schmidt, maybe he would have an opportunity to kind of compete. But when you, when you think about the guys that are already there, Ethan Downs, Reggie Grimes, and, and various other things, being realistic, most likely will not play this fall unless some horrible injuries happen, which God forbid that ever happens. Uh, but I see a guy that has an extremely high ceiling, someone that is that has a ton of potential with the right coaching, which I think is is in that, you know, at that program now uh, can get the best out of him. And I think at the end of the day, that's what he chose. He went to Oklahoma once and he chose the best coaching uh, that there was and that allowed him to play at the biggest, you know, the highest level. Why would you want to not play at Oklahoma compared to Arizona? Other than Arizona is a nice place to live, right? I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, he's a project, but the ceiling is tremendously high. Um, I think he's one of three um, that I can think of right now. Yeah, one of three of, like, just athletic versatility, uh, all those words, freaks of the freshman class incoming. Um, Grayson Halton might fix that category too, but um, I really think Jaden Rowe, Jaron Kanick, and then and, and Kevontae Henry uh, years from now, and I think obviously Jaden Rowe and Jaron Kanick are going to play much sooner, but um, – Two years from now, three years from now, that is going to be the, our core defense. The the, the the that that right there trio because uh, they're all going to play at different levels. Kevonta Henry's going to be on the front line essentially, and Jaron Kanick one behind him, and Jaden Rowe um, probably in the secondary, but you know playing linebacker too. I just think those three guys specifically are are guys that I'm very much excited about of the of the 22 class. Um, I, I I I I also agree with you. I definitely hope he gets in the game against UTEP or um, you know for, for pulling out Oklahoma State by 60. Uh, you know, throw him, throw him in against those guys or Texas. But, um, yeah, I just think he, a project for sure. But um, I think we're going to reap the benefits in, in two years. And, yeah, Grayson Halton is – when we did that, who dad, it's been a few months since we did it. But that guy being in – you know, having the ability at 6'3", 270, 280 pounds, whatever he's at now, um, he can fly over the, all over the defensive line. Uh, someone that is somewhat similar as far as kind of being a project, but extremely high ceiling in this class that I see. It's actually at the same position is R. Mason Thomas. Uh, R. Mason Thomas, uh, similar recruitment, kind of was committed to Iowa State, came in at the last second. We'll do a hoot at on him here pretty soon. Uh, but someone that is going to benefit from great coaching and Venables and his staff will get the best out of Henry Thomas and everyone else. But um, I think Henry... Henry has the potential to be really good, uh, but we have to temper our expectations, at least in the near term, and ha- let a little bit of the more senior guys or, or older guys play now. Uh, we have to be realistic there. I know we're homers, but the, when we talk about a lot of these guys that are three and four star lower rank guys, a lot of times they're being targeted from Venables and, and, and the staff, not so much on stars, but what can we do? to make them a five-star or high four-star, five-star prospect, you know, whenever they go to the NFL. 
And obviously they have, they have identified him to be that way. And it's not just Oklahoma. I listed a bunch of schools that saw the same potential with him. And a lot of schools were scrambling to get him on campus and, and win his commitment. So uh, do you have anything else on him or anything like that? No, I mean, definitely a big time. I mean, you mentioned, yeah, I mean, there's a reason that a lot of these schools wanted a big time schools. Michigan is, not, is, is I mean, that, that's not like he's going to play for some little tiny school or Florida was offered him too. I mean, he, he had real big time offers. So, so, and there's a reason for that. I think I, I agree with our Mason Thomas too. It's just that freshman class, Grayson Halton, our Mason Thomas, Kevante Henry. Um, I think all those guys are going to get their fair shake when it comes down to it in, in a year or two. And it's just going to be whoever, you know, practices the best, whoever's the, the, the big film room guy, you know, they're all going to have their fair shot. Um, it's just going to come down to who practices the best, who does all the little things right. Um, and I think all three of them have the potential to be really, really good. Yep, I, I totally agree. And I think we're um, I think that's all we can really say on Kimonte Henry. I think a guy that has a lot of potential. Uh, we're going to be kind of getting back to this Houdat series more often, I think, now. Uh, we'll, we'll be putting these videos out. So we're going to finish out the defensive line uh, over the next few weeks. And then we're going to switch the offensive side of the ball where a lot of people are going to be excited to talk about the wide receivers of um, what Jaden Gibson. And um, I'm trying to think. Um, How can oh we not be gosh. excited about Jaden Gibson? But, you know, there's Nick Anderson. We have yeah, Nick Anderson, Gavin Sachek. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not a receiver, but, you know, just just there's a lot of. There's a lot of there's a lot of offensive talent coming in in that Houdet series. Yeah, so be sure to stick around. Um, but that's all I've got on Henry Brandon. Do you have an any video challenge? Is it going to be our normal one, or are you going to keep it interesting? Yeah, no. For Houdets, I always spoiler the Houdets will always be this way because I mean I think they're fun comments too. It's what do you guys think of Devonta Henry? Do you agree with Brom and I? Is he a two year two two or three year project before he sees the field? Um, where do you have him ranked as far as your favorite recruits of the 22 class? I'm very adamant about Jaden Rowe being my favorite, but I think Devonta Henry is probably three or four. He's right there. Um, where do you guys have him? What do you think of his out term or his outlook for the Sooners, long term, short term, all that? Just all about Devonta Henry. Yeah, let him know. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, we're going to uh, be keep an eye on, see what you guys agree, disagree with us. Um, but you never know. Maybe he comes on campus and he might surprise a bunch of people when fall camp starts and we might be eating our words and he might be in the rotation this fall. But I just don't quite see it yet. Uh, I hope I'm I, I hope I'm wrong. So uh, we'll see uh, if you made it this far. Listen to a little bit of OU baseball and our in-depth discussion about Cavante Henry. We appreciate it. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, turn the notification bell. Every time you hit that subscribe button, you know, just that one time on your account, it spreads that YouTube, the YouTube algorithm pushes it out. Every time you leave a review on Apple or Spotify, it pushes the out, the algorithm pushes it even further. And uh, we're just slowly but surely growing and we're leading into the football season. We're, we're less than 80 days away. Uh, be sure to be sharing this on all social medias, any friends, family, anything like that. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Apple, and Spotify, and everything will be linked in the description below. And we will be back for our Friday uh, recording. Hopefully, we'll be, we're going to be talking about OU playing for a national championship in baseball. Uh, I'm hoping that we'll have some more recruiting talk to do. I think we will. Um, and then Monday, we will be talking about um, who we see per being uh, committed during this recruiting dead period, which we talk between anywhere from five, six, seven, eight, nine, maybe even 10 kids. 
um, that could be committing over the next few weeks or next month or so. And then I think uh, we're going to be talking, but I think middle of next week will probably be the target on our live stream as well uh, that we're going to be doing. So uh, we'll get a date. We're going to post it on YouTube. We'll post it on social media and we will catch you guys uh, Friday. Thanks.